Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus went up the mountain and summoned those whom he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, that they might be with him. And he might send them forth to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, whom we named Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, whom we named Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Very interesting note in one of the other, one of the other gospels in the call of the twelve apostles is that Jesus spends the whole night in prayer. Then he chose those who would be with him, who were the apostles. Why did he do that? Wasn't he God? Wasn't he always imbued with the Holy Spirit? I've often thought about that. Why why would he have to do that? Because he's God. Think about that. And the probably the best response is because he's giving us a good example. But the other evangelist says he spends the whole night in prayer, so okay, say ten o'clock to six, that's eight hours. Eight hours. It wasn't, you know, five minutes. So he was communing with God the Father on who he would choose to be his twelve apostles, his twelve best friends. Let's see, how can we apply that to ourselves? We all have to make decisions in our lives. And the more important the decision you make, the more time you should spend before making that decision. For example, this morning after the Mass, whether or not you're going to have waffles or pancakes, you don't have to spend a fortnight in reflecting upon that. I hope not. (laughs) It's not that important. That decision should be a split-second decision that you make. So the more important the decision, the more important, more time you should dedicate to that. Now, given that you're coming to an oblate parish, and 
Most of you who have been working with me over the past 20 years are aware of Ignatian spirituality. I hope you are. Because that's what I've been doing for most of my priesthood here. In the talks that I give, usually is an hour and ten minutes, I, I always don't have enough time to develop my theme. But the very heart of Ignatian spirituality is discerning the most important choice in your life. So if you've ever, you get to know the Ignatian spirituality deeply, that's the essence of it. Okay, meditation, vocal prayer, you make your general confession, the call of the king, that's all important. But the most important is called election of state of life. Which would be, if you do a month retreat, the, the second week, the fifth day, you enter into the whole process of discernment, which would be right in the middle of the exercise, if it's a month retreat. So I'd like to mention three, three areas, and then I'll, I'll try to give you just a brief to whet your appetite on how you can utilize this tool. First, very important decision that you have to make, and most of you are parents, some of you are even grandparents, is where are your children going to go to school? Very important. Very important. And I think most of us don't take that as seriously as we should. No offense, but I, I think most of us, we don't take that as seriously as, as we should. My family has a tripod. Three basic principles in the Boom family. God, family, education. That's the Boom family. God is first, family is second, and then education is third. And to prove it, my father built a Catholic school in New Hampshire. My younger brother built a Catholic school in New Hampshire, almost single-handedly. They were able to utilize their skills. My dad worked on Wall Street. My, my, my brother was a very successful CEO. So they had money as well as knowledge on how to, how to do these things. Well, why do you think if you've got, you got nine kids and then my brother has eight kids, you've you got to think about your kids, where are they going to go? So they purposely worked on building among the best Catholic schools probably in New Hampshire now. So if you travel to New Hampshire, you have grandchildren, send them to one of those schools. I'll tell you where they live. <laughs> Very important. Elementary school, where are you going to send them? Public school or Catholic school or private Catholic school? My father and my brother, they built a private Catholic school, which has its own identity. 
That would be on the lower level. Then, when you're going to go to college, where are you going to send your kids? My parents would always want to send send my younger siblings to, to Steubenville or Ave Maria, because those are good Catholic colleges. My sister has five daughters, four of them, Ave Maria. They're in Naples, Florida. That's, that's maybe the best, academically and spiritually. And my parents would want to send them there for two reasons. One, to get a good Catholic education, but find their future spouse also. Yeah. Because not only are you going to have the best Catholic education, but you have the best young men and women from the best families in the country. My parents are pretty sharp, huh? Very intelligent. So, that would be the first on the list. What? If you throw them, you throw them to public schools, especially in California, you're throwing them to the dogs. No offense, but you're throwing them to the dogs. Now, myself, I'm not a biological father. I would feel, I would feel that I'm, I'm almost sinning if I'm doing that today. I'd have to learn the art of homeschooling. You have to learn that, or if you have some money, maybe a good private Catholic school to send them. Otherwise, you send them to public school, and by the time they're 15, they don't know who they are. Am I a boy or a girl, or am I a, a cat, a dog, or a tree? <laughs> That's where we're heading. So I feel in, in conscience, I could not send my children to a public school. In conscience. That would be a matter for the confessional. Because it's against the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill. You're killing the moral life of your children. Fifth commandment. Fifth commandment. Then you help your, your young ones. Okay, what, is their, what is their profession? Are they going to be a cobbler, a shoemaker, a candle maker, flip hamburgers in McDonald's? Are they going to become an engineer or a doctor? Hopefully a priest. That's very important. So even more important than education is your vocational choice. Your vocational choice. Most of you people here are married. I mean, you're with your spouse until you die. Like it or not, huh? I'm not going to say you're stuck with that person because that's something pejorative, right? But you're married until death do you part. My parents were married 62 years. That's a long haul. Long time. So this is part of the decision making. A lot of young women in this country, they're looking for the guy with the five B's. You know what the five B's are? Brains, brawn, beauty, and big bucks. Or the five five B's, no? Do you hear that? Brains, brawn, beauty, and big bucks, Billy. It's a materialistic interpretation of your vocation, which is going to head for disaster. 
So, how would you how would you discern and make this decision? If you want Ignatian the uh, Ignatian dynamic, important decisions utilize three different concepts when you're making important decisions. Clarity beyond doubt, consolation and desolation, and the preponderance of ideas. Okay? Those who know the exercises, you've probably heard this before. You new guys on the block, it's good to hear this vocabulary and try to understand it. Clarity beyond doubt. The Holy Spirit, that means a direct intervention of the Holy Spirit, like Matthew, like Saul of Tarsus. That was a, a direct intervention from the Holy Spirit. God can work that way. The other one would be consolation and desolation. I'll give an example of my life. As a teenager, I never wanted to go to parties. I almost thought about it and I wanted to puke. Here's my New York English. And I see back, if I were to have gone, I probably would have gotten into trouble. And I probably wouldn't be here. So God intervened, causing within me a repugnance to go to parties to, you know, save my vocation. God gave that grace. So just the thought of it was, cast me into desolation. See how God works. And I'm only aware of it now. So desolation, consolation. So clarity beyond doubt is what? The direct intervention of the Holy Spirit. Desolation, consolation are your feelings, your emotions. Your feelings, your emotions. You think about married life, you're in desolation. You think about the priesthood or the religious life, you're filled with joy. There you have it. And you talk this out with the trained spiritual director. Then the third is called the preponderance of ideas. What does that mean? Okay, you get two sheets of paper and you put the pros and cons, the pros and cons of that decision. In that, you're using your intellect. So, you got it? First would be the Holy Spirit. The second would be the emotions, desolation, and consolation. The preponderance of ideas as you use your intelligence, your intellect, and you put the pros and cons and see where it tilts. See where it tilts. Then you bring it to a spiritual director and through that you make the decision. You got it? It's the best. I think it's the best way to make important decisions in your life. So that was the offshoot of my interpretation of the gospel today. If our Lord spent the whole night praying to make the important decision for the choosing, how about us? He was God and he always had the Holy Spirit. We're not God and we don't always have the Holy Spirit. So let's pray for the grace today to start to discern better in our lives. Smaller decisions, less important. But the big decisions, make them right. Give time 
effort, energy, discernment, consultation to a director so that you make the right decision in your life. A wrong decision can be catastrophic. Underline that word, okay? A wrong decision can be catastrophic. That's a strong word in English, isn't it? It can be a disaster. A right decision can bring you and possibly hundreds, if not thousands, of souls to heaven. Our Lady of Good Counsel, pray for us.